Bonjour and hi everyone. Welcome to Hyphenated, the Mixed Mama Life podcast. I'm your host Lynn and I'll be giving you regular doses of life as a mixed race mama. You can follow me on Instagram at the Mixed Mama Life. You can follow on Apple Podcasts and subscribe anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. I'm also available on Amazon Music and Audible. I'm releasing new ones every Friday morning, new episodes. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, please leave a review. Also, if you enjoy this episode, please share it with a friend or on your social media. It's free. It helps promote my podcast, and I would appreciate that very much. Okay, I hope everyone had a nice long weekend and is enjoying the warmer weather. I don't know where you are, but here usually in the fall, it starts getting cold. And you know what, we're still getting like days up in the 20s. So it's very nice. I know that I'm enjoying it. (laughs) So this past weekend, my parents came down for a couple days and we celebrated my dad's birthday, which was really nice since as all of you know, actually, (laughs) I'm sure that these past couple years or, you know, one or two birthdays, they haven't been celebrated or even like holidays. It's been kind of lonely. So it's been really nice to have him and do the celebrations here and all that. Speaking of celebrations, we are attending our first wedding this coming weekend in over two years. And I'm so looking forward to it. This will also be the first night away from Genevieve as she will be staying the night at my parents. So there's going to be lots of driving this weekend because I have to drive her to my parents on Saturday. So I'm going to drive up north, drop her off, and then drive to Newmarket where the wedding is taking place. We have a hotel and I'm... I've thankfully have a couple dresses that still fit me. So I got to figure that out tomorrow and see what I'm going to wear. But I'm just looking forward to having some time just as a couple, you know, sit down for a nice meal, enjoy other adults. (laughs) And literally just I miss dancing so much. So I can't wait to hit the dance floor. So for this week's episode, which is episode 26, I have a guest Her name is Sarah Huerta-Well. She is Mexican-American and her husband is Tanzanian. And you can find her on Instagram at whatlovecreated. So on her page, she shares her beautiful mixed family, which includes their adorable seven-month-old baby girl, Tandy, and how they're passing down their Mexican and Tanzanian cultures and languages. Uh, Sarah also speaks about their crazy journey through long distance relationship and K-1 application. Like I'm talking racism, xenophobia, jail time, like limited ways of communication, like love does prevail all because they went through a whole lot to be together. I don't want to give too much away but I think you guys will enjoy this episode. So without further ado, here it is. 
Okay, so welcome, Sarah, and thank you for agreeing to speak with me today. So if you can start with just by telling us about your, your family's story, how you met your husband, the move together, that whole process. And also if you can tell us how you identify, like as far as ethnicity, both of you. Sure. Thank you, Lynn, first of all, for the invitation. Um, yeah. So I identify as Mexican-American, born and raised in California, but currently living in New York. And so my current husband, his name is Lamek, we met actually in a very tiny country called Lesotho. Um, for those not familiar, it's landlocked within the larger country of South Africa. So that's where we met in 2014. Um, we lived in the same area, kind of went to the same church and met just by crossing paths on the hospital campus, which is where I lived. Um, and through mutual friends, we connected and at that time, I was actually dating somebody else long distance who was a Texan. <laughs> that ended up not working out <laughs> for good reason, I guess. <laughs> um, but after that, I came back to the U.S. in 2015, and he and I just stayed in touch. We, no expectations, just continued communicating. And uh, so here we are, like several years later, um, we... I think it was about 11 months after I came back to the U.S. where the both of us finally for the first time ever confessed what we actually felt about each other because we wow. never really talked about it. And then December of 2015, he proposed. Wow. And it was just this feeling where even though we never expressed any kind of affection towards one another that was beyond platonic, we just both knew that this is a person we want to spend the rest of our lives with. So saying yes was a no-brainer for me. Um, but to my family, it was quite shocking and surprising because to them, who is this guy? What? Our daughter is engaged now? <laughs> wow, yeah. And like, have, have, I'm, I'm interrupting a little bit, but have, yes, please. Like, have you, had you talked to your family about him at this point? Like even as a friend maybe, or someone you had met while you were there? I have so many questions. Yes. <laughs> Yes, please ask away. Um, yes, we, I definitely did share with them, you know, this is someone I met in Lesotho, you know, we're becoming really close, he's such a good friend. So I had shared that with my family, with my parents, with my sister. And it was actually my sister who I told for the first time, I think I really love this guy. And that was October 2015. But the engagement really shocked my family and they didn't quite know what I think feel about it at first and that was kind of hard <laughs> yeah I, manageable right because they haven't met this guy and right yeah I can see how how that's kind of shocking right yes they I felt like they weren't they couldn't share in my joy because I think they were still in the shock of I don't know this person do you does Sarah even really know him um they've just been communicating through whatsapp mm. um but it took time, I think, for them to realize, no, this is the real deal. <laughs> so um, I'm going to back up a little bit. Yep. How did you end up in this country that's like landlocked, you know, this <laughs> tiny country that I'll tell you I've never heard of? So <laughs> I never heard of it before either until 2014, but <laughs> I was in Oregon at the time and I did a small training through my church and I was looking for a job afterwards and I just could not find a paid job. And then 
that organization gave my name to somebody um, who is a psychologist and he started a small nonprofit in Lesotho and was looking for someone to manage that project um, on a short-term wow. basis. And so then my name was given and the contact was made. And when I talked to them, I was like, wow, I mean, that'd be great. Um, but I have loans to pay. Can you guys cover at least my minimum for the loans? Because it yeah. was more volunteer. And thankfully, they were able to cover that. And so I, I said, fine, let's do it. And I, and I left a couple of months later. Wow. <laughs> but I've never awesome. heard of it before. Mm. Cool. Okay. And how long were you there for? I was there for a little over 10 months. So under a year. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then, so from the time that you met your now husband, to like the proposal like how long was that kind of I guess not even courtship friendship whatever right I know right so we met in April 2014 and then we became closer friends January 2015 which is when I actually left so it was about the deeper friendship I would say about almost 12 months okay to the proposal yeah about a year and you said like you guys were it was basically over whatsapp that's that's how it grew yep and not even video because his situation then and where where he was at in life getting enough having money to buy data Mm. to use video was a lot and video takes up so much data so it was mainly messages texting or voice messages so we hardly really saw each other's faces wow Mm. wow that is amazing. And then look at where you are now. <laughs> I know it's hard. To, <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe. But this, that's how it happened. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So how did the proposal happen? Was this virtually or? <laughs> yes. <laughs> text. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually at a friend's wedding that week in December. I was one of the bridesmaids, super sleep deprived and also very hungry. And he and I were just texting throughout the day. I was sending him photos. And I guess the wedding vibe inspired him <laughs> to, to tell me that, um, that if he was there, he would probably propose to me. And I was like, I'm so tired at this point. I hadn't slept because I'd been up all night with the bride. Oh and I'm like, are you serious? And, he's, and then he tells me in, in text messages. Um, so there's a story in the Bible about um, an Ethiopian man who encountered Jesus. And when he met Jesus, he did not hesitate to be baptized. And so he used that analogy when he talked to me and said, just like the Ethiopian did not hesitate to enter the waters of baptism, then I do not hesitate to ask you to be my wife. And so I was like, oh my goodness, wow, we need to talk more because I was in New York City. My home is in Buffalo, New York. And I said, okay, um, we need to talk about this when I get back to Buffalo. because I'm just I don't even know but we talked it out that the following night for hours that was the first time he and I had ever really told each other how we felt Um, so all of that emotion the love the affection was actually released for the first time by both of us and the the obvious answer to me was a yes (laughs) but that's how that happened that is amazing so then (laughs) okay so now you know, I imagine now that the talks are, do I go there? Do you come here? How is this going to happen? Yes. <laughs> How did that go? <laughs> so we, 
I think for us it was pretty obvious that he'd be the one to come here because I had just moved to Buffalo and started a new graduate program at the university. So I heard my friend who actually, the wedding that I was in, she had gone through the K-1 visa process as well. Oh, okay. So I really looked to her for guidance and then I found a lawyer to help us um, through that. And that began the super long, hectic, stressful, overwhelming journey (laughs) of getting him here. And it was not easy. Wow. So, I mean, I don't know if anybody else listening, like I know in Canada, we don't have technically a K-1 um, fiance. Like there's no option for a fiance. It's either you're married Um, or you're not. (laughs) Um, So is it like, I mean, I, I've seen the show, you know, 90 day fiance and and the whole (laughs) drama and stuff around it. But, um, I understand they have to make, you know, a show out of it, but like, is it as hard and as like, you know, it seemed to be like, you go through a lot of hoops, there's a lot of emotions, you've got the families, you've got like, there's a lot of stuff going on. Like, is that a true representation or how was your journey? Right. Great question. I think it's a, in many ways, yes, but it also depends on the person's circumstances. True. <laughs> so the stress can come from the unknown, right? Mm. We don't know ag- exactly how long it's going to take. That's one thing. So you really can't oh. plan a wedding too far in advance because anything can happen. That was one stressor. The other stressor is that you need a lot of evidence to submit. Um, f- pictures, you need plane tickets, you need receipts, um, you need itineraries. And if finances are tight for some couples, making those trips can be really hard. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I was able to make two trips to see him. The first one was in South Africa, where he was still was. Then the second one in Tanzania, which is his home country. Oh, wow. That was the last trip I made. But for us, it was even more complicated because unfortunately for him, he was a victim of xenophobic attacks twice when in South Africa. In other words, he was arrested twice under false claims um, and targeted because of xenophobia. And that was the hardest thing to navigate because we had to find police clearance records. We had to make sure that he was cleared of all that. And it was noted in court that the charges were dropped. And actually the second arrest happened in my first trip to see him. That's a whole nother story. Oh my goodness. (laughs) We could write a book about that, but- Wow, you should. (laughs) That first trip was interrupted one weekend and I was there for a whole month and I was separated from him for three weeks and he was still in jail when I came back to the US. So all of that added to our complicated matter. Wow. Um, Because getting all of those clearances, getting those court documents, we had to, some people wanted to be paid off, right, to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was hard. And so that's why we had to get an attorney. Not everyone does. Okay. A lot of people file for K-1 on their own and they can do that great. But because our situation was more complicated, there is no way we could have navigated that without an attorney. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That is, like, I'm just thinking like, well, like you go to this country, <laughs> you know, to see like the love of your life and spend time right. together and he's in jail for the bulk of the time that you're there so like what did you do it was it was horrible (laughs) um it was very devastating and and scary because 
I, my friends were all in Lesotho. We were in Durban, South Africa, but where he was arrested was in the border between South Africa and um, Eswatini. Some people know it as Swaziland. Okay. Yeah. So I had been with friends there in Eswatini and they were gracious to take me to where he was. And then I traveled to Lesotho by myself. I should have been with him and another friend there drove me all the way back to where he was. So I was alone, but not alone, mm-hmm. but still alone. Yeah. Um, and, that, and how to navigate that by myself. But I'm grateful for the friends that were there that could still help me through that. Yeah. Um, but there are many moments that were scary because what if I lose him to this system and they transfer him and I don't know where. Yeah. Um, but there were several instances that gave me comfort as well. Um, people within the jail system, guards that showed up out of nowhere, it seemed, and allowed me to see him in the back, even though I wasn't allowed to do that. Oh, wow. um, somehow someone snuck a phone in and I was able to have communication with him daily. Otherwise I would not have been able to. Um, so many small things, um, that for me, based on my belief were miracles, um, (laughs) really gave both of us strength to get through that. Yeah. And thankfully he was released after I had left. Um, but yeah, it was tough, um, but we, we persevered. Wow. So once all of that was cleared, then he could come and is that like how it all started or? So we started the process before, mm-hmm. but once that was clear, then we were able to continue working on our process okay. um, to make sure we had, you know, the paperwork necessary from there to get the clearances. Because once he was released, we immediately began to um, get him out of that country yeah. and back to his home country in Tanzania. I mean, within a matter of like weeks he was actually probably less than that um got what we needed and he went back to his home country for the first time in over a decade so wow um, and was he there like school and then work or like what's he was there to work Mm. um he left Tanzania in his 20s Mm. and settled in South Africa all that time wow and for that to happen um so yeah for that to happen the thing about my husband though is he's so resilient and he learned all the local languages there so in many ways so even though he had those two bad experiences it in no way spoke against all the positives mm, right wow yeah um not all south africans are xenophobic yeah right? and i think yeah. that's so important because too many people generalize things yep. about that but no not all south africans are like that but unfortunately he did experience that twice but most people that we know, we, we love as if they were our own family and we love South Africa. We'd go back in a heartbeat. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Big on you guys. And I'm just happy that, you know, you're both there and, and that is a chapter that was closed. (laughs) Yes. Goodness. Yeah. Um, for the K1 process itself, do you have any Mm -hmm. recommendations for other couples who may be thinking of going through the process? Definitely. (laughs) Um, take lots of pictures, save all your chats. Um, if you're using WhatsApp to communicate a lot, which is a popular app for international users, yep. you can export your chats. Hmm. So you don't have to take screenshots of everything and it just creates one giant document. 
Um, I, I mean, our case file was very, very thick. I can imagine. Um, <laughs> so having saved all those conversations really, really helped. Um, having started organizing my pictures in advance as well mm. really, really helped because if you wait until the end, you're going to be so overwhelmed sorting through everything. Make sure you scan also your receipts because after a while, those receipts will begin to fade and you won't be able to read it anymore. I made the mistake of not doing that for some of them and I couldn't read them clearly. And those would be receipts like during your travel to right. see each other, right? Your time together. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If it's a paper receipt you're getting in country, yeah. right? Yeah. Depending on the material, um, it can fade very quickly. Mm-hmm. So scan everything. <laughs> that is <laughs> Have a, good a backup. <laughs> Um, also they're going to ask you questions right in the interview process um, about each other Um, only speak when spoken to I was corrected (laughs) I was the hard part for me was trying not to answer for my now husband Mm. (laughs) Um, because I'm the one who organized all the paperwork I knew all the answers but um, they had to correct me and say nope I'm not talking to you I'm talking to him (laughs) so that was really hard um speak when only spoken to um even basic things what side of the bed do you sleep on maybe things about your home how many windows does your house have what color are the walls it can be extremely random they may or may not ask but it's always good to be prepared yeah wow and was it a long like interview process was it just once or there multiples he was interviewed in country um and then once that was set, he was good to go and oh, he got good. his visa. Um, and then upon arrival, we are interviewed as a couple because once your significant other is approved their K-1 and once you're married and then you can apply to remove the conditions from, I'm sorry, then you can apply for uh, your residency in the U.S., And for that application, you need to have the interview between the two of us. And that's when they ask the questions in the U.S. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, thanks for that. So (laughs) switching now to more, you know, being a mixed family and now having your beautiful little daughter. (laughs) Thank you. um, Tandy. So we were talking a little bit before. So she is seven months, soon to be eight months. Yes, she is adorable if any of you listening (laughs) follow her online I'll I'll um, tag her Instagram in the description notes but it's what love created and she is she is adorable and her curls are like super cute oh my goodness Um, but tell us about you know incorporating both cultures and even you know both languages or if there's you know more than two maybe um, in your parenting it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I Spanish used to be my first language, but then English kind of dominated. So mm-hmm. I was afraid that my Spanish would not be strong enough to teach it to her. Um, but since she came into this world, I found myself, oh, I can do this. <laughs> it's coming back to me. And even if I have to look things up, that's okay. I bought lots of um, I even put on my registry bilingual books in English and Spanish. Um, But I just talked to her in Spanish throughout the day. 
English she hears between me and her dad. Mm -hmm. And I try to encourage and remind Lamek, my husband, to speak in Swahili, which is his mother tongue. Um, So I've tried to find other books that are English and Swahili so that he could read to her. Um, I tease him though, and I tell him, listen, your Swahili is stronger than my Spanish, and I'm having to constantly remind you <laughs> to speak in Swahili. You keep going back to English. <laughs> um, so that's been fun. I can pick up things more and more from his mother tongue, vice versa for him and mine. That's cool. um, we look forward to when you know she's older and can understand more, and we can actually, we love to cook at home. So those are things that we want to give to her that passion, love for cooking our different cuisine, um, because there are some similarities between some Mexican food in terms of things that we use to cook and also African food that we like to combine in our own kitchen. That's cool. Um, but yeah. And it's, it's funny because I, I've talked to several mixed families and and even just people who are mixed like mixed identities and like food comes up every time like it's it's a thing and and our family as well like my partner's Jamaican yep I'm indigenous French and yeah there's it's so funny like our cooking is so different obviously but uh (laughs) but it you know it's something that is so tied to culture and passing it down, really you know, everyone, whatever the culture, you know, someone right. has a recipe, right. Whether it's grandmas or aunties or whatever. So I think that's, I think that's awesome. And a lot it's of people so can true. relate to that. Yes. <laughs> and the language too. Um, it's very similar to us in this household as well. So I am French. French is my mother tongue. But English is more obviously day to day and work and with my partner, that's our common language. Um, So I I get you, but it's it's um, it's hard. Like I have the books and I speak French with my parents and I I speak French to her throughout the day more when I'm alone with her than when he's around, obviously. Um, but he is starting to pick up on it. He's been practicing. So it's super cute. The other day I caught him trying to, well, he was reading one of her (laughs) French books and, and he was like telling her, you know, like, this is whatever, you know, in English. And I was like, oh my God, like my heart heart. was just melting. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It was so cute. And so, yeah, she'll, she'll be, you know, hopefully she'll be fluent bilingual. Um, yeah. And yeah, sometimes too, like, because Patois is technically, you know, yes. Jamaican tongue. So yeah. uh, sometimes he tries to teach me words, but I think he just wants to laugh at me trying to say it <laughs> with the French and the H's and everything else. Oh. And, you know, oh my goodness, it, it's funny. But I think Genevieve, our daughter, will be better at it than I will. <laughs> you're tr- hey, you're trying. That's as much as we can do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I love that. Um, anything else that you guys are want to make sure that you're passing down? I'm not sure about specific cultures per se, but just in general, mm-hmm. um, our hope is that she is exposed to both cultures and learns about the beauty of both cultures because Mm -hmm. it's a part of who she is. Um, And that's so important to us. Um, Another part of that, well, especially because at least in my culture, growing up, I'd hear a lot of comments from extended family in passing and I didn't really 
get it at first until I was older. Mm. In Spanish, there was a phrase that I would hear a lot amongst the community, and it's terrible. It, in Spanish, it says, hay que mejorar la raza. And in English, that is translated, we need to, I don't know if it's improve or better our race. Mm. What did that mean in context is that don't date someone who's darker complexion than you. Yeah. Don't date someone who's black. Don't date someone who's indigenous because in doing so, you're not bettering your race. You, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And so those are things that I grew up hearing a lot within the community and from extended family. Mm. And as I grew up, I'm like, this, this is not right. Mm. Why are we saying these things, especially to a young person? <laughs> And, or in general, why are we saving them at all? And, um, and that was a worry I had, like, what would I hear people say about us? Because I would get, I would, if, because if I heard anything, <laughs> I might, I would say a few words that would yeah, be oh, very yeah. nice yeah, um, in defense. <laughs> um, and so those types of messages are pretty prevalent still within the Latino community. Wow. Um, Though people may not always say it, this idea that you know white is better, um, and other is not, and so I want her to know that who she is is beautiful, who she is is what makes her unique, and she is not only African descent, she is not only the European descent that's in my blood, but she's also indigenous, which is very strong within our blood as well. Mm. Um, not far down the line and that's an important part of who she is and so it always bothers me when within our culture that is not appreciated and seen as not beautiful mm. and so that's something that I grew up being very passionate about thanks to my parents because they always saw it as something important to highlight that who we are is not just the Spanish it's not just the Italian or the French but also this deep rich indigenous community that unfortunately we don't know much about yep right yeah and because it was almost erased like people did not want to talk about it and yep. but this is and a part of that who exact we are. phrase that you're saying yes. is like to me not knowing the history of it to yep. me it's it sounds very much a, a result of colonization 100%. and you know it comes from that whole it's it's systemic it's yes you know it's just what it is unfortunately it needs to change but I mean yep. it sounds to me like it's a product of that yeah oh 100 percent. it really is and it bothers me so much so we play the different music you know I grew up loving to wear the indigenous clothing from Mexico love it from whether it's Mayan culture, whether it's from Oaxaca or from mm -hmm. a different state, like I have my dresses, my blouses, my mom does too. And so I want to pass that on to our daughter. We'll buy the African textiles, you know, make her dresses and clothes. This is all a part of who she is. And, and we hope that she embraces all of it I because love we do. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And yeah, music is, is big um, in, in this family as well. Yeah. Um, so kudos. And, and you're right. Like, when you think about it, like everywhere, you know, has their own indigenous people and oh, yeah. still living and thriving, even though they're oh, yeah. mixed or not mixed or whatever. Right. And it's a good point because 
a lot of us will kind of fall to the obvious or what we look like, right. even though there, there is mixed and there are nuances in there. And, yes. and it, you're right. It is about being proud of that and keeping it going, right? Keeping it going. Exactly. <laughs> My mom's brother, um, from her side of the family, the indigenous blood, you can, it's really, it's very rich mm. and he's of darker complexion. And when he saw a picture of my daughter, he was like, oh, that's my niece. She's our color. He was oh. so proud. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> he was so proud. And I'm like, okay, I love you, Theo. <laughs> oh, that's, that's cute because that's almost like the opposite, right? Same kind yes. of family, but then like the opposite reaction. The opposite so, reaction, which I thought was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And I hope that she, I mean, it sounds like she will, but I hope she will grow up to like love who she is and love her color. And that's my that's hope a, for my daughter too, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, has there been any adjustments with the two cultures or the two languages and stuff coming together? And then also yeah. you kind of alluded a little bit um, with your extended family and with your parents sure. kind of at the beginning, like, oh my goodness, has sure. there been anything since you guys are now married and have a family like has there been any either microaggressions or any adjustments <laughs> great question um thankfully no microaggressions um at all even you know before we got married um none thankfully mm -hmm. if anything very embracing once they accepted okay no this is real and yeah Sarah you were for real yeah <laughs> this is for real um, they love my husband so much. Um, they see him as their son. Um, adjustment, yes, because of language, mm. even though we both speak English, but the English that he learned is very different from American English, first of all. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, it's British English. Oh, so there's yeah. already that difference. But okay. then also add on to that, the fact that my husband speaks, I think, five or six languages. Mm -hmm. So that comes into the mix, too. And there will be many times where I'm not understanding what he's actually trying to say and I'm misunderstanding it and then arguments happen. <laughs> um, but when we take time to slow down and to actually listen and let the person finish their thought, then that helps to avoid many of these misunderstandings. It's mainly me who <laughs> misunderstands. So I need to work better at, you know, listening and just waiting for him to finish his thought before jumping in too soon yeah oh goodness that again like we're very similar um i'm learning here <laughs> because even though my english is fairly good and and mm -hmm. a lot of people depending on what i'm talking about or if i'm tired or whatever sure. some people can't pick out that my first language is french um, okay. but i still think in French and uh, so yeah. sometimes my like the way that I form my sentence or the way that I'll say things or try to explain it he's looking at me like I have no clue <laughs> what you're saying you know and I can tell sometimes <laughs> but sometimes I think like no like he gets it but sure. he'll respond and I'm like hey that's not what I what I expected so maybe maybe he didn't get it or oh so I'm totally with you on like arguments starting because there just really was a misunderstanding and it's like that's really what it is yeah and and vice versa too like he'll with his French so he lived and um in a couple places in Europe 
okay. before like he's from Canada but he he went uh to Europe for a couple of years in the states and then came back and so he spoke Dutch and I think another language while he was there like he was learning it so he mixes it up all the time so then he'll <laughs> he'll try to speak in French but he's not speaking French and then I'm like Are you sure that was a French word <laughs> was that dutch mixed with something else yeah and that's like oh because he has a strong accent in french obviously so sometimes i'm like hey am i not hearing it right or is it really that he's not even saying a french word so yeah yep that happened i feel you for him it's he's kiss why english she calls it so it's like english but with a swahili twist and i call it franglish because it's like french uh-huh. and english yep there you go spanglish it exists everywhere I love it. The last question that I ask most people, um, (laughs) what does mixed identity mean to you? Mixed identity means to me richness, Mm. beauty, Um, because it's hard to really define where it is, but it's it's its own unique thing that's just so rich of so many things. So it's kind of hard for me to put it in one definition, but it's, I think it's the best of many worlds. I think you just um, did. All wrapped up into one. Yeah. I (laughs) love that. I've never had anybody say richness, but, and you, you've said that before too, in our conversation. And I thought like, that's so true. Like there's just, you know, a culture in itself is so rich and has like, it's colorful, it's language, it's, you know, food, it's whatever. And then you add, you know, two or three of that into one person for sure i love that thank you so much thank Thank you you. like i i loved our conversation so many things i didn't even think (laughs) that you know i'm learning so much live (laughs) while we do this so i appreciate it very much for taking the time i know you have a young family i know all about that um so thank you and i hope you have a good weekend thank you as well For everyone else listening, as usual, um, miigwech, merci, and thank you.